I'm really excited about today's passage because it represents the single most important moment in the book of Acts. See, this moment changed a group of frightened, confused, and largely uneducated men and women into a spiritual force of literal world changers. See, this moment changed everything. And as a result, this moment changed their story. And this moment can change your story. This moment can change your story. Imagine, imagine if God's word and God's spirit change the trajectory of your life today. Imagine yourself with power over sin. Imagine yourself with peace that's not shaken by circumstances. Imagine yourself with joy, real joy. All of that can happen because of this moment. Really, it can happen. So what is this mighty moment? It's the beginning of Acts 2, verses 1 to 10. And so we're going to start by reading the passage. So it'll be up on screen. Uh, read along with me. Starting with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our native language? Parthi uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Now, to understand what's going on here, you have to understand Pentecost. See, so Pentecost, this was one of the three Jewish pilgrimage harvest festivals. Um, and in fact, this meant that Israel's, Israelites from all over pilgrimaged or traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. In fact, here's a graphic of all of the people groups mentioned in this passage. Think about that. This is, this is astounding. Now, to us, we're global people. This is like 
eh, that's a nice vacation. But to these people, this is the entire world. Europe, Asia, Africa, Middle East, all experiencing the miraculous presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I love about this is that it seems quite appropriate for an event in Jerusalem that was going to propel the gospel to the ends of the earth happened at a time when all the people from the ends of the earth were in Jerusalem. Talk about God's sovereign timing. This is exactly what he wanted. Now, there's another aspect of Pentecost. There's another part to Pentecost that's critical here. See, the festival was celebrated 50 days after the Passover. The Passover was Egypt. That was as, as the Israelites were freed, as Pastor Kong talked about. They, they were freed from Pharaoh. And 50 days later, they were at Mount Sinai. And Moses was receiving the law from God. And that passage that you heard out of Exodus 19, smoke, fire, loud noise, that was all Mount Sinai. Now let's read verse 2 again. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Sound familiar? It's Sinai. See, at Sinai, at Mount Sinai, God defined his covenant promised relationship with Israel. Now, by replicating Sinai at Pentecost, God was redefining his relationship with all who call Jesus Christ Lord. He was, at Pentecost, redefined Mount Sinai. So you see, when the, Israelites, when the Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai, Moses went up to the mountain and then came down with the law. But here, Jesus went up to heaven and the Holy Spirit came down, not with a law to be carved on stone tablets, but with a new law and a new covenant to be carved on the human heart. So I started this off by saying that everything changed with Pentecost. So I want to highlight four things that changed. Four things that changed for them and for us. So first off, it changed how God relates with us. See, in the Old Testament, God, God's presence would often appear as fire. And a, a great example of this was when the, the, Israelites were in the Israelites were in the desert, they, they didn't have a temple. They didn't have a permanent building. They had a tent. And this tent was called the Tent of Meeting. And this is where Moses would go to meet God and God's presence. Would come down above the tent. Sometimes it would even fill the tent. But God's presence would come down and stay for a length of time. And then God's presence would depart. And it became a normal tent again. But see, 
at Pentecost, what was above the tent, it came down and separated and landed on each person's head. Each person's head. God's presence was not limited to a single time and a single place. God's presence now came down to every person permanently. Every person permanently, including you. See, Pentecost redefined how God relates with us. Verse 3 said, And then they saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Every person became the temple of God. Not just the physical temple of God, but every person became a temple. Paul knew that, and he wrote about it later in one of his letters. So that's the first thing that changed. Second thing that changed, it changed how we relate to the Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord, and that was the most common phrase in the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, would usually come upon judges and warriors and prophets for a specific time at a specific place for a specific task. And then once that task was done through the power of the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit of the Lord would depart that person. That's how it looked like in the Old Testament. Now, that means that most Israelites never experienced personally the presence of God. That's kind of sad. Especially now, because now, because of the Holy Spirit, every one of us can experience the presence of God in us, empowering us, fulfilling us. And not just temporarily, but permanently. See, verse 4 said, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. See, because of Pentecost, every person, including you, can receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Pentecost opened the door for us to have a personal and supernatural experience of God through the Holy Spirit. Not one or the other. I can have a personal relationship. I can have a supernatural relationship. No, a personal and supernatural relationship, every one of us. Third thing that changed at Pentecost is it broke down barriers to God. It broke down barriers to God. See, Pentecost broke the barriers that the human race had been experiencing since the Tower of Babel. See, at the Tower of Babel, people built up to the heavens to get close to God. We don't have to do that anymore because God came down from the heavens to us. At the Tower of Babel, 
God divided people by languages. And here at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit united people by languages. Pentecost reversed the curse of the Tower of Babel. And that's why it's so important that everybody there heard the wonders of God. That everybody heard the wonders of God in their own language. See, it's like God said to every race and every people group, you're part of my kingdom. You're part of my kingdom. You're part of my kingdom. I am redefining the people of God. It's not just the Israelites. You're part of my kingdom. You're part of my kingdom. You're part of, it's like God played Oprah or Oprah played God. You're part of my kingdom. You're part of my kingdom. You're part of every one of you. And that's what was amazing about Pentecost. Everybody was included. Fourth thing that changed at Pentecost was it promised a new supernatural power, something that was largely unavailable to most people, most Israelites, virtually almost all Israelites. But now God provides a supernatural power. Now, I'm going to talk about this one all next week. So y'all need to come back or watch us online. Okay? Because, so I'm not going to dive too much into this one. But if you want to know how to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you need to come back next week in person or watch us online. So I'll just mention it today. So these are four ways, four ways that Pentecost changed God's relationship with his people. It changed how we relate to a holy God. And that's through the Holy Spirit. And see, this means that if you believe in Jesus Christ, then these things can be for your life too. You are not just human. We are all human, but we, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are so much more than human. You are the temple of God. God resides in you. We are not just human flesh shells and bags of water. No. We are the temple of the living God. Second, God's spirit is with you always. God's Spirit is with you always in your best moments and your worst moments. God is with you. Also, if you feel like you have barriers to God, things in your life, things you've done, if you feel like you have barriers to God, Pentecost broke them down. Pentecost broke down the barriers for you. And that's what's awesome about Pentecost. See, you are included in the kingdom of God. You are included. No matter your, your race, your ethnicity, your past, your history, your family, your present, your last night, your this morning... You are included in the kingdom of God. 
when you believe in Jesus Christ. And moreover, even better, you can invite people into the kingdom of God, particularly the people who have been excluded, felt left out by their race, by their sex or gender orientation, by their lifestyle choices. You can invite them into the kingdom of God. The excluded become the included. And lastly, you can have supernatural power for God's mission. You can have supernatural power for God's mission to experience and share hope, healing, and spiritual growth, all empowered by the Holy Spirit. Again, come back next week for more on that. See, all of that can be yours. This moment changed everything, and this moment can change you. But see, here's the thing that's going to surprise you, is the disciples were not transformed because they received the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? They weren't transformed because they received the Holy Spirit. That actually happened back in John 20. So that happened at least 50 days ago. But they weren't transformed. They were transformed by being filled with the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit when Jesus literally breathed on them. But they became empowered. They changed the relationship with the Spirit. That happened when they were filled with the Spirit. Okay? They were transformed because they were filled they allowed the Holy Spirit into all of them, not just a part of them. And that's the key word for this passage is they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you already have the Spirit's presence in you. But it doesn't mean that you are filled. It does not mean that you have allowed the Holy Spirit into all the areas of your life. Maybe you keep a couple of those rooms locked away that you don't really want the Holy Spirit to get into. So have you allowed the Holy Spirit to come into those areas of your life, those locked rooms, those closets, that basement that you don't want anyone to go into and anyone to know about? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit into those spaces in your spiritual house? Or are you settling for just a little bit of the Spirit? Are you settling for just a little bit of the Spirit? Now, it, maybe you don't want to get too fanatical. You've, you've had friends, you've seen, seen the folks on TV, the televangelists going, and those YouTube clips and you're like, I do not want to be one of those. I'll settle for a safe amount of the Holy Spirit. I'll settle for a little bit. Well, God invites you. God desires for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just to receive the Holy Spirit. Not just to dabble with the Holy Spirit. Not just to have a safe amount of the Holy Spirit but to allow the Holy Spirit in 
all of you in all of those rooms in your house. A.W. Tozer, the, the famed Alliance pastor, once wrote, the desire to be filled must be all-consuming. The degree of fullness in any life accords perfectly with the intensity of true desire. We have as much of God as we actually want. Ouch. We have as much of God as we actually want. So I want to challenge you today to want more of God. To want more of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you are on your relationship with the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you to want more. Maybe you're not quite comfortable over here, and that's okay. Maybe you're over here. I want to challenge you to want more. So over the years, I, I've had a, a challenging relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I accepted Christ into a church that really didn't talk about the more charismatic or Pentecostal aspects of the Holy Spirit. And so I grew kind of with a cessationist perspective that the Holy Spirit didn't really work today like he worked back then. And over the years, that has changed. And a big part of that is being married to Peng Fu. So if, if here's, the, here's the spectrum of the Holy Spirit, I was probably camping way down here, and before just naturally is wired here, and in her better days, she's even over here. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm not sure I want to be one of those crackpots I watch on YouTube. No way. <laughs> I was not comfortable with, I wanted a safe amount of the Holy Spirit. And over the years, I've tried to open myself up. I've grown my understanding of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And I've been more open to some of these things that might be a little different, these different expressions of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that expressions and manifestations of the Holy Spirit can be abused, and they can be misrepresented. But what I did earlier in my life is I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. I threw the spirit out with the crackpots. And I don't think that was right. And I've spent a few decades trying to grow past that. So if you come to this with a little bias against the Holy Spirit like I had for a lot of years, I want to invite you on the same journey that I've been on, is to want more of the Holy Spirit to want more of the Holy Spirit filling your life. See, because when you are filled, your life changes because it changes everything. Being filled with the Holy Spirit changes everything. Join me in prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
Spirit who descended in tongues of fire descend on us. Spirit who filled the disciples at Pentecost. Fill us. Spirit who allowed the world to see the wonders of God. Allow us through you to show the world the wonders of God. Spirit who empowered the early church, empower us. We pray for more of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, and the sender of that Spirit. Amen.